Rebel Podcast with me, Joe Yule. Uh, currently, I've just conquered number one of the five MFs, as we affectionately call them, in Captus Falco, in, in the very south of the island, near Salinas. And to excuse the slightly breathy intro, but I wanted to record it here because I'm feeling high this morning and um, really high. And that's all on my own natural, natural juices. And I woke up like this two days ago and had the best day ever. Um, was feeling incredible after spending an incredibly powerful day with one of my good friends, who is today's podcast guest by the pool, um, chatting and planning. And as you're going to be hearing soon, Laura Reynolds, today's guest, has been on a sober six months, and I spent a lot of time with her. This winter in Thailand, we shared a room and we hung out and I kind of got to hear all her deepest, darkest fears and yeah, real kind of pain that she went through really, I suppose, uh, in giving up the source. Um, And obviously I was in Thailand with my other friends and there was a load of us sharing a house and at the time... um, Oh, my God, that's a great big spider. Whoa, <laughs> sorry. Oh, I hate it. You just hate it when you get big spiders wet on your legs, on your sweaty, hot legs. It's very, very warm <laughs> this morning. <laughs> sorry, I'm a little bit scared of spiders. Anyway, um, I suppose it did cross my mind on several occasions that quitting alcohol is something that I've wanted my, for myself for a really long time. And I just hadn't quite made the space or the time to do it um, obviously lots of excuses and lots of reasons why continually entered my my head um, oh god I think I'm blank lost now as well for god's sake where's the path gone <laughs> and yeah it, it's not it's not it's not something I haven't thought about long and hard for a really long I've said the last since I turned 30 actually and I left London and moved to Brighton and got really into yoga. And once I started my yoga journey, boozing was no longer fun, really. Um, and I would say it's remained that way for the last 10 years of my life. Obviously, I've had some great nights out. A lot of things that I've enjoyed on those crazy wild nights out. And um, I don't necessarily regret... Oh, here we go. Here's the path. De- delaying um, this abstinence... But something mad happened last week that catapulted me into a very dark hole. One I did not see coming in a month of Sundays. Um, I was actually having the best time, feeling really fit and healthy and well. And I just had a little lunchtime date with a load of girlfriends that just got a bit out of hand. And I just went into one of my very old, boring, painful patterns, which is... Yeah, just like mad, crazy binge eating. And kind of spiralled out of control into a four-day epic um, 
eating frenzy, really. Uh, and I was working in the kitchen at the time for the week. <laughs> so it's a pretty bad place to be when you're feeling out of control um, and surrounded by food. And I just found it impossible to put a lid on it. It was like once it started and it hadn't, I hadn't had an episode like that for a really long time, years and years and years since I was, you know, in my 20s when it was a real problem. Um, so this came back and I actually really shocked myself. Um, each day I would wake up thinking it was done and then by the afternoon it would kick off again. Oh, spider on my face. There's a lot of spiders around. It's spider season, as Toby Clark from Walking on Beacon once said on the Around the Island walk. Um, so anyway, I just, I was really really upset about this um, and shocked that at this ripe old age these kinds of ridiculous loads of stuff could come back so I was like okay we're gonna have to take some pretty drastic action to a affirm exactly why this has kicked off again and b it's not happening again because the pain it caused me um, was yeah it was pretty deep and I just think you know such a cliche but life literally is too short to be going into those dark holes you know especially when you know what causes them it's not like oh I don't know why that happened it's like I know exactly why that happened and what happens to me when I drink sometimes is yeah my barriers my boundaries get um they get completely changed the goalposts get moved um and I allow myself to indulge in things I don't really think I need to go into oh, spider. Um, about why, you know, what they, what those things are. Maybe I should, but I'm possibly not ready to. Um, but in a nutshell, um, Laura then announced she was doing another six-month um, sober. Or, or, in fact, she didn't even say that. She said that she was just going to go booze-free again. And... I just thought, well, you know what? What a great time for me to begin with a partner, with someone I can talk to about this on a daily basis when I need a little bit of a helping hand when I'm reaching for that glass of wine that I don't really want. Um, or maybe I do really want it, that's the problem. <laughs> I definitely, definitely do. Um, on a daily basis, I would say, it pops into my head that I fancy a drink. I mean, we live in the sunshine, not making excuses, but... It is a place where one wants to celebrate life constantly because life here is kind of incredible in lots of ways and there's a lot of opportunities to celebrate in Ibiza, which is exactly what we're doing here, having this conversation uh, on the Reset Rebel. Because, oops, I feel like, um, yeah, I've had to learn to reset myself, as I've said so many times before on this podcast, that... It is just one of those places where you can topple off your perch so quick and so unexpectedly by something, a bit of temptation coming your way. And that can take many forms as well, I can assure you. That, yeah, you just have to be a bit creative with how you get back to feeling amazing in the aftermath. And I would just actually like to not drop the reset tactics, but, but... you know, we can always fire ourselves up to feel and vibrate even higher, even when we are off of the booze, the drugs, the sex, the food addictions, the whatever it is, you know, there's always ways that we can increase and optimise our health. And I think that's such an amazing thing that's going on in this world right now. People are waking up, people are getting their shit together. And 
that is inspiring. That is just the most inspiring, wonderful thing that's happening right now. Oh, Christ! <laughs> it is... Oh, that's another cobweb. Sorry, I just keep walking into them. Um, a bit distracted talking talking to you. Um, and what a wonderful distraction you all are, um, just so you know. <laughs> but, yeah, it just, it's time. It's time, and that's all there is to say about that. So I'm not saying I'm not ever going to drink ever, ever again, because a day might come where I do fancy a little drinky poos, and maybe I'd have a glass of something on my birthday or whatever. But I'm certainly not going to allow it to become a regular feature of my life like it has been. Um, I think, you know, I've been an extremist all my life, which is precisely also... Oh, my God, that is the biggest spider I've ever seen, and I didn't walk into that one. That's... Oh, gross. Sorry. And I think finding balance is just a tough and lifelong sole purpose and mission for most of us. If you are working in wellness already, of course... You know, we know what we want from our from our lives and um, and the way we want to feel on a day to day basis. Um, and what I've noticed this morning is that I've just woken up full of the joys of spring and didn't feel this dark cloud that sometimes hangs over me when I first open my eyes. Um, I'm not necessarily saying booze is the reason for that dark cloud. It could be a number of reasons, but I think we have to give ourselves the best possible chance in this world to feel good in every given moment because only we choose how we feel I never really realised that until someone said that to me an ex-boyfriend actually, probably about ten years ago Um, and I think that's very true we are choosing whether it's external factors that we're going to eliminate to get there to feel good maybe we're not waking up going oh god, I feel terrible I'm choosing to feel terrible You know, we're not that self-indulgent but stuff goes on in our head that influences the way we feel and sometimes we cannot take control back of that feeling um, we don't know how to we don't even know how to access that and shut down um, that irritating little monkey that lives inside all of us in the mind and re-selecting how we wish to feel is a skill it's a skill and it's a lifelong driving forced to arrive there to re-arrive in a place where we really really want to be and I think it was train spotting it was like I can't even remember which part of the film and it just keeps coming back to me at the moment it's like choose life choose life choose life and I know that my life is pretty outstanding really when I look around me right now here in Captus Felico and I look down Salinas Beach and see the beauty the emptiness of the early morning white sands the rising sun the fluffy clouds the green gorgeous rolling hills that I'm about to conquer and probably have a massive sweat shower because I took off way later than I planned um, well I hadn't planned this at all I just woke up and thought I'm going to do this and I believe actually the very first podcast I recorded the intro for was probably as long as this one and was in the same neck of the woods but I do feel like this summer has been a massive journey for me and what a great way to end Um, a very different rhythm of summer that I've had this year to really go into places that I haven't explored in myself and on this island and uh, celebrate that with a little change of change of tactics Um, 
So I'm not going to waffle on anymore. I've been talking now for almost 10 minutes. But I'm very excited to have Laura on as today's guest and support her on this journey, as I know that she will support me. She's an absolute legend. Um, and we are setting up a support group, which starts this Sunday, called Raise the Bar. And that's going to be happening in Ibiza town. And all the details are on our Facebook page um, for The Reset Rebel. Um, also on our Instagram page, at The Reset Rebel. And both of those bits of info will also be on the Raise the Bar Facebook page and the Raise the Bar Instagram. So come, if you fancy... This is not like... It's not like a strict structure. It's not... It's not like an AA or a... You know, it's just something just a little bit more low-key, perhaps. And maybe, you know, you need more strict structure to get off whatever it is that you're trying to give up um but as I've talked about masks through food and other various things that I indulge in to stop myself feeling so much um yeah it's really hard it's really hard work to give up all of those things so I'm excited about this journey I'm just actually waffling now I'm going to shut this down and we're going to go into this um lovely interview with Laura um, and hear more about her sober journey so thank you as always for coming back to listen to this I'm really excited to be partnering through this project and um yeah here she is don't go away welcome back to the reset rebel we need a drink we need something yeah we do welcome back to the reset rebel with me joe yule and today i'm already being interrupted it's a cracking start today um, Matthew, or tonight, we are <laughs> sitting, <laughs> giggling hysterically oh by my pool in my very own back garden in, well, sort of really in the campo between Santillaria and San Carlos in, um, yeah, a very magical establishment that I'm very lucky enough to call home. So it's lovely to have um, Laura here. He's a very dear friend of mine and um, fashion designer and creator of Hathor, uh, wonderful accessories um, in Ibiza. It's not really how we met, um, but we've we've become friends through friends, and actually over the last year of our lives, spent quite a bit of time together, getting to know one another, which has led us to this point, uh, where I've invited Laura on today's podcast to sort of talk about um, some rather pressing issues, which we'll get into in a minute. Laura, welcome to today's show. Thank you for having me. I'm super excited to be here, and I think it's really hilarious that you're recording my voice because I have the most ridiculous voice of anyone <laughs> there is, and my nickname is actually Squeak. So, enjoy, listeners. <laughs> I, I kind of enjoyed the squeaky noises that you were making during yoga earlier. <laughs> actually, that was the yeah. highlight of my yeah, uh, my whole weekend. Completely involuntary. <laughs> I, can't, I can't help the noises that come out. Yeah. It was kind of your transition through Chaturanga, which <laughs> involved face planting heavily. <laughs> No, it was really graceful. It's all lies. <laughs> <laughs> it was a beautiful thing to uh, to have witnessed on a Sunday morning. Um, so, I mean, first up, how did you kind of end up in Ibiza? That's always the question that we kind of ask our guests. How okay. did you arrive to this point where you are now? Right, well, I came to Ibiza. A friend of a friend... Oh, a friend wanted to visit a friend who was doing a season working out here. And um, it was 2006... And I was invited along to come for a space closing party 2006. So we came for a long weekend, uh, this friend and I. We turned up and I think, you know, I'd always been a raver. I always have been since uh, my teens. 
and um, I'd always sort of wanted to come to Ibiza it never really happened I think I was slightly intimidated by it you know super clubs and this idea as, as opposed to kind of raves and um, so I walked into Space Closing Party 2006 and I was just like absolutely jaw on the floor there were these beautiful dancers up on the stage and they were sort of in these kind of flamenco outfits and they had their um their fans and everything and I just stood there and I looked around at everyone and I just thought how dare you all have been getting on with this without me like this is exactly what I should be doing with my life and that was that was the decision made so that was my life-changing moment as space closed in 2006 and by the next I, I got home and said to my then boyfriend I need to spend some time in Ibiza which he wasn't up for so that was kind of that and by the next summer I was here so that was 2007 was when I first started living on the island yeah it was my calling it was where I was meant to be so 12 years. 12 years, yeah. Wow, that's quite, that's quite a good innings. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. you're still here to tell the tale, barely. Just, just, <laughs> just about survived yet. Just about upright, <laughs> more or less. Oh, look, it's my neighbour. She's just come to join us, Charlotte, our lovely artist from next door, uh, getting getting her kit off. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Morning! <laughs> How are you, darling? Um, where were we? <laughs> So, um, 12 years. years. Island hedonism. And how has that sort of worked out for you? Well, it's had, it's been a lot of fun. Um, and I think what's, you know, and I love it and I, I just don't, I don't really think I'll ever leave this island. I've tried. I've had sort of long periods when I haven't been here. It's been on and off for 12 years, but it's always pulled me back. It's always felt like unfinished business and it really does. It is the only place that really feels like home to me. Why? Why is that? All well, you two lovely. Li- oh, oh <laughs> <laughs> all is well, thank you, Charlotte. Oh, Very marvellous indeed. I'm not wearing my hearing aid. You're not that wearing your way. hearing aid. Oh, <laughs> well, you're going I swimming. Swim. You wouldn't want to uh, electrocute yourself. <laughs> Bless you. <laughs> She's so um, sweet. Love that woman. Sorry. No, that's where were we? What did you ask me? Um, I was saying, you know, what is it that feels like home okay. about this place? Uh, Why I is it unfinished business? I think it's just it. You know. I think it's very much a place where you can just be yourself. I feel like it's a really interesting um, contrast to me. So I'm like the ultimate Gemini. I'm very two sides, all or nothing kind of a person. And I really feel that Ibiza has that. You know, you can kind of wake up any day in the summer and not know where the hell that day is going to take you. And it could be, you know, quiet and peaceful and go somewhere in the north and do something lovely. You could go to a party and end up on a millionaire's yacht or at some crazy party that could last for days you know you could meet anyone do anything and the possibilities of that are really exciting to me but the fact that you can then also you know come back from that and 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 have a sort of really peaceful and yeah hey nonny nonny woo woo time <laughs> <laughs> is that some sort of like uh Mork and mindy talk i guess so yeah <laughs> for the party world <laughs> No, for the for your world, for for the wellness world, <laughs> the wellness world, the money, money, minimal. Um, I wholly concur. Um, so I, I guess, yeah, yeah, it's just that un, you know, expect the unexpected, yes. which is what I always say about yes. this place. It's like mad stuff can happen in the in the sort of a shake of a tail feather yeah. when you really don't imagine like you can be transported to another kind of world like that that things unfold here rapidly yeah massively and I find that really really exciting I think it's really liberating there's a lot of opportunity here people come here and you can just be who you are and do what you want to do and you know if you're gonna stay (laughs) it's just the synchronized swimming in the background (laughs) 
She's so graceful. I'm just loving this. This is if beautiful. Yeah, like if you're prepared to stay and put put the graft in and, you know, be be open, be about, speak to people, then all sorts of doors can open for you. And that's so exciting. Whilst it's still being a bit small, a bit backward and a bit quiet. It's, it's just everything. Ticks all the boxes mm. all the time. What is the weirdest or most random thing that's ever happened to you, Debeath? You must have a couple of good stories. Oh, God. Even just the one. Oh, God, I don't know. I don't know what you, that's happened to me personally. I don't know. Maybe a night out that's just ended in a very unexpected way. Um, gosh, you've really put me on the spot. The first one that's come to mind because we're sitting next to a swimming pool is not, it's very random. Being at Pike's Hotel one night, it was um, a really good night. It was Smoking Joe and Skin from Skunk and Nancy put on a night and we were all running around having loads of fun. Went to use the bathroom, but it was really busy. So we went to the one nearest the swimming pool. And as my friend and I were sort of singing, dancing along to walk up to go into the bathroom, there was this man stood next to the swimming pool sort of looking at us really strangely like mm, like uh, like yeah just looking very peculiar very sinister like he was up to something so we just kind of sort of ignored him scuttled past went to the toilet and as we went to the toilet we both looked up before the door shut and the man plonked himself down like Gollum looked left and right to see that we were gone and started drinking the pool water <laughs> Probably not the story you were hoping for, oh. but I'm sat here next to a pool and you asked me on the spot, so that's what you've got. You're welcome, listeners. Gollum, <laughs> Gollum at Pikes. But maybe the pool water at Pikes is magical. If it was going to be anywhere, it would be there, so you never know. It's probably full of fairy dust. <laughs> yes, I would and say so. I would say so. Yeah. Uh, amazing and you know you've you, so you've obviously had a pretty good innings in terms of parties really in those last 12 years yeah. have there been any particular highlights particular highlights of parties I mean it's got to be space closing the final space closing it was just literally the greatest day of my life you know <laughs> when you think it really is I know it sounds really sad but I'm massively into space it's such a huge part of my Ibiza history and I absolutely loved it and it was quite soul destroying to watch it kind of well, not just deteriorate, but people, you know, people coming to the island. I've got friends that didn't used to come and they'd just be like, what space? Space is, you know, shit. Space isn't that good. It's really this, it's really that. And I'd just be like, you are literally breaking my heart. You don't understand how amazing space is. And so, you know, you know, you could think to yourself, oh, if I could have a time machine and go back to one day to just relive something once. And we actually did that with Space Closing. We actually did it. We got one more party exactly how it was with everybody there and all of the DJs playing the best sets. You know, there was like 100 DJs. They were doing half-hour sets and whatever else. And yeah, you heard the same songs again and again and again. And every single time I'd still get tears in my eyes. I was there for the full thing, 20 hours from start to finish. <laughs> Had a tactical sit-down just before Paul Reynolds came on the Sunset Terrace to close it in the morning. Went to go and see, went to watch him, which was magical. And I'm sort of stood there and I look over my shoulder and I'm like, no, it can't be. And it was Roisin Murphy, who is my absolute hero of 20 years. I've seen her play, you know, more times than I could even think of. She is literally my idol, aside from Grace Jones, who incidentally is her idol. And um, I sort of stood there and I looked for a minute and I was like, do you know what? why not and I just went up and I said listen I'm really sorry this is really uncool you know I know how uncool this is because I live here and I would never do this but like 
you are actually my hero and I still listen to your music probably daily like you are literally my idol and she was just like oh come here you idiot whatever gave me a massive hug I was just like yeah I've been in here like 18 hours and we were both just laughing about it she went off came back had a little dance went off again came back and had a dance again and walked out and I just honestly thought to myself Christ what next if Grace Jones comes down the stairs with a hula hoop on I'll just I'll just end it now because this is definitely the greatest day of my life the space closing Moshi Murphy the one 20 hours we did it we did it proud you definitely did I managed about eight <laughs> my little feet felt like they were about to fall off and they almost did and then yeah I was totally done but um fair play yeah. you have always done thing things to extremes in yes. the party world yes absolutely it's very yeah it's, it's you know I'd, I've never been the person to to go out for one drink or whatever I'm either out or I'm not out and that's kind of in it to win it in it to win it all or nothing yeah mm. which you know has has been a lot of fun but it also you know has caused a few ripples along the way <laughs> well, we are going to talk about that but I mean you know so that people kind of have a bit of an understanding like who you are I mean you've made you're, you're a fashion designer you have your yeah. own fashion brand you've yeah. created hats for fat boy slim here yeah, on the island you've created hats for Nervo yeah. most recently Nervo this year for their Tomorrowland performance which was great they're so lovely so yeah super exciting making making hats for for DJs most recently but in the past I've Cara Delevingne I'm dropping names now but yeah it's nice it's good fun <laughs> we'll have a bit of name dropping yeah a little bit of name drop nothing wrong with that is there <laughs> absolutely not shameless name dropping why not and you're so, I mean you know other than making kind of um, accessories for party wear I yeah. would call it like festival wear party wear it's definitely more it's got more of a um, fancy dress element it's definitely not something to take seriously mm-hmm. my stuff yeah mm-hmm. yeah and I mean probably something that we're not going to take terribly seriously either is the fact that you know um the reason we've got you on today's reset rebel show is that you're starting a support group for uh <laughs> called raise the bar which, which we, i love which we really wanted to call come down with me <laughs> but we've decided to go for raise the bar because that sounds slightly more sensible while still being really silly at the same time absolutely yeah, which I mean, is very important very it important is very important to have not a sense to take of humor about all things yeah definitely yeah. so i mean this starting a support group is a a fantastic idea because it's obviously going to um, enable you to stay on the path of sobriety which is something that's very dear to your heart and you have just completed a sober six months so what brought that on where did that come from in the first place because you started that at the end of last year yeah well I so it's a bit bit of a long story long story short I am the child of an alcoholic recovering alcoholic and I realized throughout my life that that has really shaped me massively who I am the decisions I've made the adult that I've become etc and um, I was talking to a friend at the end of last summer he came out and he was talking to me about some charity work he was doing he said you know have you ever considered doing anything like that because I think I was sort of joking about how sort of vacuous my life is (laughs) My, my industry and things that I do and he was like well have you ever considered doing anything like that and I said well actually I used to want to go to schools and tell children that there were charities available for the families of alcoholics because I didn't know that there were when I was growing up and that uh, I would have benefited greatly from so I feel like I would like to put out that message that you are not alone in in this secret that it often tends to be as, as a child of an alcoholic and that there's this support so anyway that conversation happened and at the same time I started to feel this this sort of time of the year started to feel incredibly trapped in on the island in the party lifestyle in this role that I'd sort of created for myself 
people were coming on holiday and it wasn't just like come let's go for dinner who invites me for dinner nobody can you get me guess this see you on the dance floor come back to the villa for two three days etc and it just became a role that I just didn't feel like I could get out of and all of a sudden I started it just all came together I was sort of thinking about this conversation that I'd had did some research found this charity called NACOA which is the National Association for Children of Alcoholics incidentally the tagline is you are not alone um, and it's a helpline completely donation based um, charity in Bristol that do amazing work um, and so I was like okay I want to be on board with that and I just like I said I just felt so trapped I wanted a break from partying and I just didn't know how I just didn't know how I could how I could break away from it so it all kind of came together at the same time decided to go sober to raise funds for the charity and being all or nothing I was like well six months then hey <laughs> so I signed myself up to six months sober um, at the end of last summer which I actually started in January so yeah I've just come so I'm now having completed six months of sobriety which was like pulling teeth because I realize you know, when you're doing something, it's, it's the why, why you're doing something. And I was just waiting to get to get it done. I was like crossing off each day and waiting for this prize at the end when I could go back to my amazing life. And now, two months back on, on, off the wagon, I can never remember which one it is, two months back into not being sober, I realised that actually... This is nothing exciting about this at all. This is the this is all I know. This is the thing that I've been doing my whole life since I was a teenager that doesn't get me anywhere that I'm really quite fed up with. So now that I can see both sides of it, having been sober and not again, now I can kind of weigh it up, realise what I'm not missing and what I'm gaining and be a bit more grateful for sober times and realise that actually that is what's best for me right now. What are you gaining mm. by what have you noticed when you went back off the wagon? Being on the wagon is obviously when you're staying sober and being off the wagon, which right. is what you are, uh, which you were for which a couple I of was. months and now you're I back on it again. Days, five days sober, thank you very much. <laughs> um, what am I gaining by not drinking? Is that the question? Exactly. Okay. So what I'm gaining is um, just a lot more, I think it's, it's clarity and it's freedom. And I think it's, it's really, <clears throat> I can quite quickly um, fall down a hole of feeling bad about myself and about my life. Um, because actually, and on top of the fact that I've been sober for this amount of time, is um, that I'm actually a bit of a lightweight when it comes to alcohol. So you know I'm already impaired after about one drink and then the decisions that I make from that point are then you know not you know mm. poor judgment things that might not be for my best or anyone else's best interest and then after that I have to deal with feeling pretty depressed because alcohol is a known depressant so all of the problems you know all of us have problems in our lives but the problems that I have are then magnified off the back of doing something that i barely remember and was only present for a really small part of um and that's just that's just madness isn't it and it's so funny like we were we were discussing this earlier it's like Einstein's definition of insanity like you know doing the same thing multiple times expecting a different result I know I can't drink I have known that for at least 15 years probably more I am the worst drunk it doesn't get me anywhere. It makes me feel dreadful. I put on weight. I on and on and on and on. Why do I keep doing it? Why do I keep doing it? And it's because, you know, we're conditioned to see it as normal. It's escapism. It's whatever. But 
I'm yeah I'm just really tired of it and off the back of, of, of doing this work doing you know I did a lot of video blog vlogs for Nakoa to, to raise funds etc I've had so many people reach out to me with their stories tell me that they've I've inspired them and that's really inspiring to me like I feel like I am actually making a difference it was 2700 pounds raised for Nakoa which is amazing as I said they're completely donation based and it just yeah it just feels good to actually like be present be in my body make good decisions be making a difference to people and that's why like having made the decision for myself that I wanted to go back to being sober and I'm not saying teetotal forever I'm just saying alcohol isn't serving me I feel like I've fallen back into the trap you know that role that I played for myself and I don't that I met that I have made for myself and I don't want that anymore I you know I want to go back to feeling good and and making a difference so that's why I just, so as I said I've decided I put out a video blog yesterday and off the back of that I've had so much yeah so much feedback so many people saying how inspired they are and grateful they are and all the rest of it that I'm like okay I feel like I have some work to do here actually I feel like my voice is making a difference and people have reached out to me saying that they're on this island and they want to be sober or they're struggling to be sober and all of these things it's like okay well maybe we could just come together and support each other because I don't want to go to AA really I don't I don't feel like that's I don't feel like that's beneficial to me I'm not religious I don't I'm not necessarily saying that I'm going to abstain for life but just a support group of similar minded people because obviously it's a mad island to live on it's a different way of life as a you know as an expat whatever the kind of you know the norm of what our week would entail in the summer it's pretty nuts hey so just to, so you know for people that understand that lifestyle to come together and just chat tell me your story I'll tell you my story this is what I think this is what's helped me let's all do this together like you know who knows where it would lead it's just an idea but I think also I mean the, the thing is that I mean obviously everyone thinks that we're living the dream here which we are, which to, we are. To, to lots of extents and purposes but there's also this sort of thing that I notice about myself uh, mm-hmm. and those who are in my close friendship circle is that the thing is about being in Ibiza particularly in the summertime obviously is that you're kind of surrounded by people who are permanently on holiday mm. so whether it even mm. be when you're just popping out to the local restaurant for you know maybe uh, a fish supper whatever it's going to mm. be you are in that holiday vibe yeah. and obviously I don't dip in so much to other parts of the island where that's more prevalent but actually being even just in this environment where booze is always there and that you know that kind of basket (laughs) of bread is always in the middle of the table the alley alley, all those other things that Mm. you might not necessarily want to be indulging in but when they're there things are more difficult to ignore and it's just you know just little vices that Mm. crop up because people are on holiday there's you know people are always having ice creams they're always having you know like I call them the crack nuts the salty (laughs) nuts that <laughs> come out on the Definitely beach. Definitely are coated in crack. With anybody <laughs> who has a bottle of wine, they always bring the crack nuts. And the crack nuts are available in every supermarket, <laughs> petrol station, or any other shop on this island that sells anything holidayish, like a spa or any of those convenience shops. So people always get some snacks. And, you know, mm. I think once you've had a handful, you basically can't stop and you end up eating, like, you know, a yeah. lot of these really salty. Yeah. Um, yeah just really wrong dry snacks along with a boatload of booze and then you drink even more booze and before you know it yeah yeah, you're in a you're in a kind of really half drunken very salty dry mouth state (laughs) it's it's not a good look 
or those little corn snacks. You know, it's just being around holiday people who are letting go, who are letting rip, who are, you know, letting the wheels fall off because it's their holiday. It's their two-week chunk of the year where they want to go out, they want to smash it up, they want to have a good time, they want to let their hair down. And so they bloody should. However... When you live in a place where you're not on holiday mm. and you have to sail that ship and keep the, you know, keep everything towards the sort of port and the starboard, it's it's quite tricky. Yeah. It's quite tricky to captain that ship and keep things floating and balanced because actually things do start to go wrong very quickly here mm. if you allow yourself to get sort of sucked into that vortex of, um, yes, of fun and games. Things can escalate very quickly. <laughs> and they often do. Yeah, 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 yeah. And that's that's it. That's that's part of it. It's just the kind of like, you know, that there is no end. That's that's part of what I feel about wanting to abstain from alcohol at the moment because it feels as though, you know, yes, I could go and just have one drink with dinner or whatever. But if you're in holiday mode with people on holiday, nobody else is doing that. But the people that we're around, perhaps they are doing that. But I just feel for myself, I don't have the same kind of responsibilities in my life that others do perhaps have. So, for example, like I don't drive at the moment. I'm almost there, but I don't drive at the moment. So I don't have a car that I have to drive home. I don't have children that I have to look after. My job tends to be in the evening. I work in clubs putting in your dreams glitter on people. I, you know, I'm not doing anything that I can't that I have to get up for that I have to be anywhere at any particular time for with responsibilities and mouths to feed etc so for me there is no end you know if we're starting and we're going on this journey and we're going to have one drink and as I said if my brain's already checked out after a half of that drink Mm. then where does it end there isn't any end and I just feel like yeah it would be good to to rein to rein that in and I feel like yeah the, the depressant element of booze is a is a really bad one for me and a lot of people that I speak to, so many people that have reached out to me just say, you know, it's all fun and games until the next day and it's not even necessarily being hungover, it's just feeling down, feeling demotivated, making bad choices about food, about exercise, not doing your work, etc. And it, it kind of just starts to snowball, I feel, because you feel bad that day and then you feel bad the next day because you didn't do well that day. Some people know, some people are highly motivated, highly functioning people that just pull their socks off and go, oh well, I had a party, I've had a chill day and now I'm back on it and off I go and click their heels together and I salute those people. Unfortunately, well, I, that is you know, not me. <laughs> I remember, you know, when I was living in London and reading the news on the breakfast show, and I, you know, I was going to bed at one, two, three in the morning, mm. having a couple of hours sleep, and doing exactly that in my twenties mm. for mm. ten whole years, and mm. it really was not a problem. Mm. When I hit my thirties, yeah, it just it was the feeling of disconnection that I couldn't mm. cope with. Mm. And you just said exactly that, like when you have one or two drinks, or you know, whatever, it, whatever else you're getting up to, it's mm. that sense of not being in your body anymore you yes. just feel like you're very either in your head or you've completely checked out altogether and yeah. that's not you know it it's it's escapism yeah. and there's nothing wrong with watching a movie reading a book <laughs> taking a holiday from the brain but some there is something about kind of using certain substances for escapism that's yeah. never going to leave you feeling terribly sprightly in the aftermath and you know you can only you can you can go down that road till the cows come home and some people can spend a lifetime and be very very happy like you said mm. but you know when the wheels start to fall off in other areas then it does need a little bit of awareness it does need a little bit of attention and most people um, including me have mm. spent a very very long time ignoring that fact um, and or other people just stay in for the rest of their lives and, yeah. and don't go out. But I think, you know, there is a real movement now towards kind of wanting to go out and wanting to have a party and wanting to have a good time. 
um, and just not actually poisoning ourselves while we're out. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, it's it's a funny one. Like I say, when I when I did my sober six months, I was just kind of waiting every day for it to be over, and. Um, you know, it, it it really felt like that. Like I wanted to be free. I wanted to be able to go out. And I went out a few times. And what I realized, a couple of things I realized was, if you go raving to techno in DM boots, you've really only got about two-ish hours until your toes start to hurt if you're sober. <laughs> that was one thing that I realized. Um, <laughs> I discovered that at Woo Moon about 10 days ago. It was the exact same thing that sent me home at 10.30. It was the agonizing pain, which I never normally yeah, feel in those no. shoes. No. What was the difference? Oh, yes, I was stone cold sober. Sober. And the other thing is how absolutely irritating people are when they're drunk. And that's that's something that I think I knew a long time ago is that I just don't really like drunk people. So, you know, it's quite lucky that I was normally the drunkest. After and your job revolves around working in a nightclub. <laughs> Amazing. So there's that. Um, so, yeah, so that's that's a little bit challenging. But, yeah, your patience is waned. When people start to sort of not really make any sense... Um, it can be quite difficult and it makes you want to go home, makes you feel a bit isolated and alone. But like I say, this is a really unique journey that I've been on. It's such a mad experience to have been like, you know, fully six months committed, wishing every day away, waiting for it to be over, get to the magic prize and be like, oh yeah, this is really nothing special at all. In fact, this is so tired and boring and unacceptable. Mm. I will not live this miserable way anymore. Do you know what I mean? Mm. It's, it's really nuts to be able to go, okay, well, let's go back to that. Let's not take it so seriously. If you're not wishing every day away, okay, this stupid drunk idiot who's talking nonsense to you, actually, if you can take a deep breath, it's actually really funny. Or you could just walk away. It doesn't have to be the end of the world or the end of the night or anything else. It just yeah perhaps doesn't need to be taken quite so seriously absolutely but it, <laughs> <laughs> it does change everything when you're yeah you're in that environment and mm. you are stone cold so when you just see things in a completely different way yeah. and I've definitely become much more I think um on the times that I have been out sober recently are definitely <laughs> more of a music snob like you know I would probably have danced and raved to anything like you know maybe a couple of years ago even but now when I'm stone cold sober, like the music has to be really good to get me yeah. moving or doing anything. Yeah, um, yeah. I'm not really sure. Like, I, I, ha I don't think I've been out dancing enough sober to be able to comment on that. Really, I went out um, a few times sober, but it's something that I'm looking forward to doing more now. But work. I mean, I work at Glitterbox. I work at Rumours, um, and I did several weeks of that sober. Several weeks of it having a couple of GNTs, and actually, like I say, I don't really know what I gained from the GNTs, I think I'm pretty sure my recollection is that they just made me feel tireder. Do you know what I mean? Actually, I worked on Friday completely sober and I went home and I woke up on Saturday and I felt great. Which at the time when I was doing my sober six months, I was just people like, oh, it must be great to not be hungover. I was like, oh no, I got over that really quickly. I'm not bothered, I'm not bothered because I just wanted it to be over. But now, as this is the first Saturday I've woken up in two months without a hangover, I really appreciate actually no this is great <laughs> it's really good it does feel good um and it's again it's like yeah I, th I just feel like there's a lot more gain than than what is lost from yeah having a few drinks 
How did you feel when you went back to drinking in the, I mean, when the immediate sort of, you know, stroke of midnight came up um, on the end of the sober <laughs> six months? How was it to have that first sip? It was wonderful. It was really, really, it was. I was really excited about it. I think it sort of signified the end of the end of something as well. It was a massive achievement. It was the end of a difficult time in my life. It was lots of things. And I'd just been sort of literally, probably daily thinking about this gin and tonic that I just really wanted to have. So we went to Paradise Lost in a beast town, which I absolutely love, and just had one of their absolutely amazing G&Ts with grapefruit in it and whatever else, and it was great. Um, so, yeah, that first night I did have, you know, a couple of really lovely cocktails, and I really, really enjoyed it. Um, and then I think the next day, I can't remember what I did, but then it just went from, you know, from, yeah, just straight back straight back into the to, into the lifestyle that a lot of us have here, the constant temptation, the constant invitations, the whatever, the whatever. Mm. And actually, um, I feel like having, you know, held my hands up and saying, right, not necessarily forever, but alcohol isn't serving me right now and I'm going to go sober again right now out of choice and not out of, you know, being sponsored or anything else. Um, I feel really liberated. I feel really free. I feel so light and I don't feel that sort of trapped feeling of you know am I going to go to this am I going to go to that and blah, blah, blah. I, can, I can go to whatever I want to it doesn't but it won't it, it could possibly end two hours later and I could actually go home and wake up the next day and be all right and live my life that'd be quite nice wouldn't it <laughs> that would be amazing <laughs> please do that <laughs> yeah sounds like a plan I want it I want it I'm raising the bar Joe. <laughs> you you look like you're raising the bar, especially uh, especially sitting here by the swimming pool, which um that kind of full of my entire kind of, uh, <laughs> network of uh, yeah close associates. I think we should pop back up to my terrace. What do you think? Take yes, a little let's reset. Do it. Yes, let's do it. So I have chosen to interrupt today's podcast in this exact spot uh, before we relocate upstairs um, for today's podcast. And the irony of all of this is that I'm recording this little uh, outtake um, in a bar while I edit uh, this podcast. I'm drinking a lot of coffee. Very, very high right now. Um, But of course, we are uh, powered by Giggle Water on this sponsor um, program. And um, they're always, uh, as ever, very delighted to be sponsoring us. And I was a little bit like, "Mm, can we really continue this partnership being sponsored by um, a Prosecco brand, essentially? Um, So I had a wonderful chat to the owner of Giggle Water. And as Catherine rightly pointed out, um, millennials um, are really moving away from alcohol. Um, There's also a real global trend away from alcohol um, to more botanical infused drinks as people are becoming just much more aware of living life in balance and focusing on their health Um, so Giggle Water is super excited um, that the team are going to be launching an alcohol free sparkling wine uh, especially for those pregnant mums and newborn mummies um, and for anyone who wants to celebrate without feeling the hangover Um, they're also launching a range of botanical and plant-based products in 250 mil cans um, that are low alcohol and great for concerts, beach, picnics and small sizes. So I think, you know, we all have this impetus to start somewhere and I think this is amazing uh, that this amazing brand who are promoting balance um, are changing, changing things up a little bit. They're listening, they're noticing, uh, just like we all are, that... Um, 
yeah, getting really drunk or consuming alcohol in ways that we have done previously in the past are not that cool anymore. Everybody is changing their behavioural patterns as life progresses into more of a wellness world. Um, so as Catherine says, you're always going to see um, people having a laugh at the House of Giggle Water and most importantly, um, it is just all about balance um, as we talk about in these podcasts so much so she says get your booty out there do some exercise eat smart drink responsibly because uh, hangovers really aren't worth it and they really 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 are not and i'm just so happy this is only it's wednesday this is my third day i did have a drink on sunday after recording the podcast which i was quite surprised uh, that happened to me uh, but it did and we all don't necessarily walk this um, perfect walk all the time so again I picked myself up on Monday morning and I cracked on and I'm committed from this moment forward so um, yeah thank you, thank you, thank you for listening Uh, we're going to get back to the podcast with Laura Reynolds my partner in uh, Sober Sister Crime Um, and again thank you for thank you for tuning in, there's a little bit more of today's podcast to go, Um, don't go away so we're back, we just um, actually escaped the swimming pool um and my entire army of neighbors who decided to come uh, come out and get on the inflatables right in front of us and then I realized how uncomfortable I felt about sort of talking about all of this so I guess that's the beauty of radio in some ways and it, it always has been my story is that I don't mind reading the news to sort of you know millions of people on national radio or um, being in a booth by myself reading the news or making a show but there's something very strange about when you have an audience that changes everything and I guess the other thing I can sort of identify with that is maybe when um, I'm secret eating or secret drinking Mm. or secret anything I like to do when there's no one watching Mm. Um, but I feel deeply uncomfortable about being observed in those kinds of situations Mm. um, because there's something much more fun about doing things when nobody else knows that you've done them but (laughs) the problem with all of that is of course with addiction and things that we get up to that we're probably not terribly proud of is that really the only witness you have to those types of behavioral patterns are your good self and um, the reason that you want to stop doing something is not because we give two hoots about what everybody else thinks it's because we can't accept that type of behavior um, that we are continuing with um, from ourselves and the dark path and uh, the aftermath of that and and the kind of way that that unsettles us so I suppose um, to have been privy and witness and um, you know to your journey has just been really really beautiful to see and to see you know, particularly in Thailand in March when we spent um best part of a month together. Mm. Um, that was when I really, you know, noticed how that was affecting you on a daily basis. Yeah. And I think the most interesting thing for me was to see immediately in the aftermath of booze being taken out of the equation and having also, you know, done the kind of no food thing and no drinks thing myself in the past is this deep sensation of feeling more when those masks are removed from our immediate repertoire and and how that is to go down that path of extreme sensation and really observing what it's like to feel into all of those different emotions without our crutches. Yeah, absolutely. And I feel like um, our, our mutual friend, Alicia, was talking about being an empath and how empaths um, quite often end up going down a road of addiction mm. because they just because they feel everything so much mm. all the time they need something or multiple things to take the edge off. 
<laughs> and I know, I mean, I was going through a lot of stuff. Um, I actually got divorced, as you know, at the beginning of the year. And, um, you know, I felt like when I took the crutches, the crutchly away, <laughs> um, it, you know, I felt like an open wound. I felt very exposed to just sort of sit, you know, and sit and feel uncomfortable. And, it, you know, in hindsight, I think I, I put, put a lot of how I felt down to... Um, you know, not being able to drink and feeling uncomfortable in a situation where perhaps you guys were having, not that you, you were great, you didn't drink lots, but you know, you were having a glass of wine with dinner or whatever. You know, I thought that I felt uncomfortable because I wanted to have a drink, but actually I just felt uncomfortable and I was just sitting and watching, you know, you drink when that's what I felt that I needed. I wasn't comfortable to sit and feel uncomfortable does that make sense it makes total yeah. sense a bit like when i saw you smoking a fag earlier on the beach i saw the fag <laughs> come out of the box my immediate instinct was like oh i want a fag but i'm like no i don't want a fag fags make me feel disgusting i hate smoke it's foul but when i see something i you know i eat with my eyes as well it's another thing that i do when i see yeah. something i want i'm like a bloody child yeah. and it is interesting to notice when you really take a step back and don't act on that immediate impulse mm. you know what that recreates is another opportunity to say no <laughs> because actually a lot of the time we're always saying yes when actually we really want to say no yeah. and but we just can't because we actually feel compelled exactly. to be the yes man and yeah. I've been the yes man for really great big vast chunks of time in my life Thank and actually you. it's really hard being a, it's really exhausting it's being so a yes man exhausting. it is so exhausting and I think yeah just being such a yes person that you don't even question what you actually want because I've done that for years is just run with the pack like it's not even occurred to me to to turn down an invitation to somebody's birthday or to a meal or whatever it's just like this is this is my duty this is what I do I've been invited yes I'm going like wouldn't even occur to me not to do it so I think yeah that that sort of taking a stand and taking control of 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 drinking of my life it's been like a huge a huge step in that and um yeah, I think a lot of a lot of people do just do that, run with the pack, do what do what they've always done because it's what they've always done and what's expected of them and everything else. And actually, like I say, it's lovely to hear that you've been inspired by this mad journey that I've been on because a lot of people have reached out and said the same, which of course is how it got us talking about. Well, this idea for a support group and, you know, obviously this is definitely the catalyst to, to create this support group. But I feel like I've wanted to create um, a support group ever since I got to Ibiza for mm. eating disorders which mm. is something I've been through and I don't really know any woman on this island where everyone looks so amazing all the time and mm. stick thin um, I don't know anybody that doesn't have some sort of body dysmorphia or body image issues so yeah. I've always been very into the idea of creating um, some sort of uh, food addiction or, or eating disorder support group I always thought I'd be amazing but actually I just think that this raise the bar thing is about really just kind of opening a space where people can just pop in, mm. not in the traditional format of like AA no. or any of the other kind of recovery groups that exist on this island, which are all unbelievable and amazing in what they do. But there's a very specific think, format yeah. and style and formula. And actually what I think... Um, is perhaps missing from the type of people that are drawn to this island is maybe just a slightly less formal committed process in the first instance to get people just connecting and understanding like there is another way Uh, and just sharing in the very first instant is the biggest part you know we're 
maybe just popping in somewhere and having a chat you yeah. know over a coffee about what's going on yeah. is step one exactly. you know uh, not in the formal step and process yeah, but just a real step forward uh, you know what we were discussing before is like you know obviously there's so much amazing you know well-being stuff on this island and I've said you know from my perspective like I've I'm you know I can't think of the word not skeptical I'm actually yeah you know very interested in in the spiritual side of things but you know if somebody starts blowing a conch or giving me a gong bath I'm sorry I am gonna laugh my ass off it's just not if and it feels to myself and to others like myself it can feel quite exclusive um not that I don't is. even know what a conch is what's a conch a conch sounds is rude like, yeah. <laughs> well it is yeah no a conch is like it's a giant a shell you be like <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> Just like that, basically. Okay. So, like, blowing a giant shell and then you, like, whack a gong above my head and then, yeah, do some whatever. All Berries fall from the sky. Yeah, all <laughs> of that stuff, you know. And I think it's great. And I'm not poo-pooing it. And actually, like, obviously, it's great. Um, but I think for, for people like me, it can sometimes be off-putting. It feels like an exclusive club that you're just not spiritual enough to be part of. And so, you know, I think with regards to things being formal things like AA which actually you know is a is you know based in religion and in these other woo-woo type things yeah but you say AA is based in religion it is it is because it mentions the word God in the 12-step book which I've actually bought and read in the last 12 months of my life and actually the thing is I think what you know obviously that 12-step process is leading you into meditation and, and, and health and wellness but actually really the g word as obviously russell brand refers to in his book recovery is just it's just a higher power something bigger than you so i do feel even though aa mentions the g word which i never ever use um really it's not to say that i don't believe in in god but 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 for me god is not necessarily this you know christian present and and man in the sky it's actually it's just something like the universe you know like the the universe has your back and i think no i'm not you know i'm not um disagreeing i'm just saying like i'm having actually been to aa Mm. um for a little chunk of time in the past just to explore what it actually was Mm. and actually i found it um a great research for this podcast b i found it um fascinating um, and inspiring and the, the sense of connectedness and um, connection I felt to the other people in that room which I expected to be um, I suppose down and out because at that point in my my life when I went there I felt like a massive loser for um, not really having control of something that I felt I should have and actually when I got in that room I realized actually I mean um, yeah I mean my problem was 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 small fry basically and not that that it matters who whether your problem is big or small if you've got a problem and you feel that it's something you can't control and you don't have control over as a human then of course you know we are naturally always um driven to do something about it so I wasn't drinking any more than one or two drinks a day but they were drinks that I didn't want to be drinking and that for me is when I feel like I have a problem if I'm eating a chocolate brownie every day that I don't want to be eating yes it's a problem and I am very very brutal on myself I'm very hard on myself and that's why I know when something starts to crop up you know I've got a lot of awareness in things that I don't want to be doing and so when I start doing something I actually don't want to be doing then that becomes an addiction and a problem so but what I found from um popping into those rooms um was wow just the jaw-dropping kind of inspiration really of people that have really gone through extreme you know to hell and back but just that wonderful sense of morale and and 
just love. There was just pure love in those rooms and, and just the most kind of like intelligent and creative and successful amazing amazing people these were not losers these were not down and outs they weren't you know I don't know what I, you always walk into something with a sense of expectation mm. but all I did was get a number off the internet ring someone up find out that there was a meeting actually just within like a two minute cycle of my house mm. popped in and was just like wow this is amazing these people are amazing this idea is amazing Yes, it's got the G word in it. And that's the only reason yeah. I'm defending it is because I really believe that to. this 12-step thing was just the most amazing, beautiful process to get into a place of meditation and spiritual connection within your own reason and your own limits. And that, I think, is what Russell Brand is also saying in his book and his wonderful interpretation of all of that is that, you know, we all interpret things in a way that suit us. But when you feel that you've reached a point where you want to do something about it, you want to make a positive change, mm. sometimes you need a structure. Sometimes you need a facilitation process. And I think, you know, everyone is different. And that is why the support group feels like, for me, something I'd like to be involved in and something I would like to create with you to raise the bar, to allow people to find a space that feels like home and that doesn't necessarily need to be because of a regime or a yes. process or a book or a religion or a it needs to be something really accessible and I, you know for me to go into AA and actually walk into that room and feel like it was a place I could go to took every ounce yeah, of balls I've ever possessed of and of course I recognise half the people in the room because it's a small <laughs> island so that was interesting and of course it's anonymous I would never mention anything ever about any of the people that were there but I think it's nice to um, offer a place where people can go and just get into a bit of sharing. Sharing oh, yeah. is amazing. I mean, honestly, you do not need to defend AA to me. That AA is the only reason that my father is alive. So I, you know, I am completely, completely behind AA. I was just using it as an example alongside the blowing the conch and the, <laughs> uh, you know, the gong fest to show that these things can put some people off because some people mm. feel uncomfortable with religion, with regime, with spirituality, with whatever. And what we what we discuss trying to offer here is just a very relaxed, come and have a chat. There is no structure, um, no judgment, share, don't share, you know, try and help each other. It's not like we're offering some kind of answer or anything. It's just here we are in our community. Let's come together because so many people seem to be feeling the same way. And whether it be, like you say, about about food, about, you know, like I said, feeling trapped in my life, this party lifestyle, people that come over, whether it's actually alcohol, whether it's smoking, whether it's whatever, whatever it is, or you just want to come and have a have a goosey, have a chat, whatever. Like, it is, um, yeah, Sunday sesh. Mm. <laughs> the Sunday sessions. Yes, oh, how times have changed. And I think, you know... I wish they were in space. <laughs> we love Sunday. Oh, my God. Well, well, you know, Bora sand would be absolutely lush, but unfortunately... <laughs> well, we are talking about, you know, um, and, you know, maybe not this year. We're going to give it a go for the last eight weeks of the summer here mm. when there are, you know, more people here that are probably experiencing these kinds of um, issues and situations that they need a bit of a hand with so maybe for the next eight weeks we're yeah. going to give the support group a crack on Sundays yes. at two o'clock two o'clock Sunday afternoons um, we are going to hold the first one at Sescalinata in Ibiza town that is it on the <laughs> steps of uh, Sescalinata on the steps with the brightly coloured bean bags we'll be there from 2pm next Sunday which is the well, the 6th is Thursday because it's Cosmic Pineapple. If you <laughs> yeah. want to come along to that, you really should. It's going to be amazing. That means the 7th is Friday, the 8th is a Saturday, the 9th, the 9th yeah. of September. Ninth, Sunday the 9th of September at 2pm at Ses Calinata in Ibiza Town. 
that's commitment right there from two people like us that's pretty amazing (laughs) come have a sesh i think they do come down with me (laughs) well i'm sure many people will be and that's you know that's the beautiful thing of all of this no one wants to come down alone i used to call my classes actually um not on my website or anything but you know i used to call myself the come down queen because when i first (laughs) got here and i started teaching yoga um, I did find that people would book me in to, yeah, to totally mm. bring them back down for whatever mm. they'd been up the night before. Or maybe they didn't even know they were going to go out the night before, obviously, because they booked me at 8 o'clock the next morning and they'd be just changing out of their kind of like spangle, spangled <laughs> sort of gold lame katsu and into their yoga outfit and tried to pretend and style it out that they were absolutely fine. But obviously, you know, the eyes and the, um, the glitter in their hair can't that you probably put on their hair. Can't get a kidder, sweetheart. <laughs> but that's the thing, you know, and I think that... that that sometimes you know just to break that cycle is mm. a, is an amazing thing whether that be yeah through a support group or whether that be through just sheer solid intention or just making a really powerful bold decision to make a change and that's that's where I'm at you know yeah. I'm I'm feeling like I want to get off the booze train and I have been feeling like that for a really long time and you know I go through phases of feeling super in control of everything and happy and settled and comfortable and balanced and then, you know, maybe I'll just have like two or three days on the spin where I'm drinking too much and I just feel like, you know, death warmed up. So it's, I'm not an alcoholic. I don't feel like I have a massive problem. It's just not something that I can wish to continue no. doing on such a frequent basis on an island like this because it's really hard to stop in Ibiza. And that is how the Reset Rebel was born. That yeah. is why I created this podcast to talk to people that really are resetting themselves all the bloody time because you have to out here. It's really hard to walk your walk. It absolutely is that the party god Bez is uh, is yeah showering his Ibiza magic on us at all times, and that can yeah very quickly spiral into absolute hedonism, which is great. And oh, what fun great. we've had! And I don't regret any of it, mostly, but yeah, maybe <laughs> a few little bits. Any, no regrets. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, life is definitely too short to regret. But yeah. you know, we can bang on about that till the cows come home, or. We can just continue in a way where we don't, you know, we're always going to remember everything and we're always going to feel good the next morning. And I think that that, you know, I never regret waking up the next morning feeling amazing when I see, Mm. you know, all of the carnage or speak to people who were out the night before and making that decision that's quite powerful sometimes to go home to bed at 11 or 12 o'clock and not go on, you know, I'm never going to wake up feeling like I've really, really missed out sometimes, yeah. but not very I d- often. I just, yeah, the thing that I feel uncomfortable with is I hate the smugness. I've, I don't want, I've, I promise myself I'm never going to be one of those people that's like, mmm, fresh as a daisy. Look at me, I'm so sober and whatever. Because no, I think if I could go out and have all the fun and wake up, and even if it was just a case of wake up and just feel a bit groggy and a bit sick, mm. like I could take that on the chin, no problem. But it, it isn't about that. I feel like alcohol is depressing me. Mm. And um, and that's a real shame because I do love a drink and it is all fun and games, but it's not fun and games mm. if, it, if it's actually altering like your mind, my mindset, one's mindset and getting in the way of you just living your best life. That's just unacceptable. Mm. You know, it's like I've said before, like the YOLO argument is like, let's have it live your best life let's go Mm. well actually live your best life and not spend half of it sort of extreme highs extreme lows and spend half of it just feeling absolutely dreadful and like you're incapable of doing even really basic things and just constantly beating yourself up that's unacceptable for your one and only life actually Mm. so yeah it's definitely not I'm not suddenly gonna you know be the biggest um fitness person you know 
drinking green tea all the time and talking about you know how brilliant it is to be sober I don't think that will ever be me I am a party person and I love it um but I also need to take responsibility for my mental health and look after myself I think I think booze (laughs) is just um often a gateway as well to you know I mean I've never been a hangover person that sits around the next day on the sofa does nothing I always go to the gym Mm. I always go to a yoga class I always reset myself by jumping in the sea Mm. you know I always do something great the next day to make myself feel good and it Mm. doesn't take long to get Mm. over a hangover in Ibiza when the sun is still shining but you know for me it's the well (laughs) there is always more always more that is the good news um but the thing is it's the it's the gateway that you know once you've had a couple of drinks the other decisions or the things that you allow yourself that you wouldn't normally allow yourself when you're stone cold sober Mm. you know this doesn't happen to 99.9 percent of the people maybe it does but you know well You know, there are decisions that get made, phone calls that get made, you know, people that you frequent with that you wouldn't necessarily hang out with while stone cold sober, you know, food that you might not normally eat when you're completely stone cold sober. And, you know, for someone that works in wellness and talking about myself, I, you know, I am quite strict and I notice that obviously the boundaries and the goalposts get moved when I've had a few drinks and the things that I consume when I'm under the influence, um, be it food or boys or God knows what else. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Breakfast, lunch and dinner. Uh, (laughs) No, 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 no. But, you know, decisions get made and they are not necessarily the best ones for me. And um, that is what I experienced in in a particular situation last week. And it's like, I don't even really feel any dire urge to share that on this podcast I've done a lot of oversharing in the past here (laughs) in the last 24 episodes Um, but I do feel like I just would like to take uh, a decent break and I'm not saying I'm never going to drink again I'm not saying um, anything too bold and wild I am saying I'm not drinking for now and I don't know how long that's going to be for or what will happen next but for now I'm not drinking and um, I don't know when I shall re-begin or maybe I never will. I do not know. I do not know. But I'm willing and opening myself to this idea to take booze out of the equation. I've done it with food in the past. I've done it with all sorts of other things that I've been strict and diligent with myself. And I feel like, yeah, I would love to know what happens when I don't drink for maybe like six months or something or three months or a month. I've never managed longer, even one of those dry January spouts or Mm. uh, bouts of... uh, non-spouting I've had uh, I've had like yeah maybe only managed like two and a bit weeks before yeah. I caved and yeah, I would definitely I like to make it past my record that's what I'm pledging on this podcast and you know I don't feel like running this support group that we all need to be stone cold sober you know all the time that's no, not even AA is no. not about that either people pop in there in all sorts of states yeah, and I feel like just opening the gateway for us all to get together to share Gosh. our yeah stuff that's um doing our heads in and and creating a little bit of sadness perhaps and um just connecting in a way that just allows us to to make it more easy to talk about stuff that people find difficult and vulnerable and embarrassed of and ashamed of opening up about and just yeah and just pull pull ourselves together in in our community um to know that we're all going through similar things i think that that's really powerful to know that you're not alone i think that's really really powerful because i think that that yeah that segregation that that loneliness it, it breeds more of the negativity which can make people want to escape more and actually let's let's pull it together as a community and if there wasn't any other. publishing laws on this podcast i want to play that that amazing house track it started up in my head the first time you said it and it just won't go away and it's one of my all time favorite but my, what yeah, a beautiful song yeah, that is it is a really beautiful song it really is one of my favorite songs as well do you want to sing it for us? No. <laughs> <laughs> I 
like if you heard me speak, can you think what I actually sound like when I sing? I've been heckled off stage by so many drag queens in, in bars in Brighton trying to sing karaoke. I'm not doing it to myself. Uh, you're right then. Fair enough. <laughs> no, we won't go there. But um, yeah, that is a, is a really, you know, is a really lovely phrase. And yeah. I think people do feel very alone and very yeah. sort of disconnected and very like it's just this big problem that they have to face you know by themselves and fix themselves and you know it's very hard it's very hard to stop doing something you've been doing all your life yep. um, and you've relied on heavily and you know calling yourself a sociable also... smoker for example there's nothing sociable about smoking like and there's nothing sociable necessarily about excessive drinking and, and waking is... up feeling like a dog's dinner day in day out weekend in weekend out like surely a human I love you know learning from mistakes but I do feel like I've been hammering the booze and hammering this mistake home for way too long because I think part of it sorry I didn't mean to put in there is that you know this is seen as the norm drinking is the norm being hung over is the norm for 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 Brits definitely and then you've got us Brits living as expats on the party island like the norm is like <laughs> oh the irony raise the bar for the norm here people <laughs> like the norm is yeah really shocking actually but, I mean, for so, so many so many times over the last sort of five and a half years i thought why the f- am i living yeah on the hardest island in the world to be a yoga teacher and be working in wellness like because you know it's, it's been the struggle has been real and i'm sure no one feels sorry for me but you know, with yeah, the, with the standards that I set with the bar that I've raised for myself and I expect from my behaviour and mm-hmm. the way I want to be and live in this world, yeah, it's been nigh on impossible. And I've toppled off that horse and that perch a thousand times, mm-hmm. you know, and this is why this podcast is called The Reset Rebel, exactly that, because, mm-hmm. you know, popping yourself back on, I don't need to be on a pedestal, but I need to be kind of maybe not doing what everybody else seems to be doing on the island, which is smashing it all the time. Yeah. So I've, I've not wanted to be uh, the person that I used to be back in my 20s when I first discovered Ibiza. And I do really want to feel good, you know, all the time, really. Mm. And that would be my dream. And I do feel from stopping drinking, that is probably the main thing I could do for myself to stop any of these other kind of self-saboteur-style behavioural mm. cycles coming back into the mix so I'm, I'm intrigued I'm intrigued yeah. and I'm fascinated and I'm willing to give it a whirl yeah. and I don't know how the hell I'm going to do it but I'm it's pretty been, like I say, determined completely, completely life changing for me I hated every minute of it before but like I say it was, it was different circumstances but it has been completely life changing to actually know that you can you know just live your life without it and feel good you know pretty much all of the time and um, yeah I'm excited like I say I'm, I'm five days sober now and um, yeah, this is the best I've felt in yeah the two months since I started drinking again. <laughs> well done, you. <laughs> That's a dramatic change. I'm not even that much. I'm yeah. like I don't know, like 48 hours or something. But I know that this is a path I want to be on, and I do know that this is the biggest reset I'll ever take in my life yes. if I can continue with this. And I'm gonna have to dig pretty deep not to go down, you know, those boozy roads again. And I don't, you know, I don't know that I'm definitely 100. And, 20% capable of this but I do know that it is going to it's going to raise the bar in my life in lots and lots of ways yeah. and I am I'm I'm in it to win it so let's see let's see what happens we'll have to do another little 
check-in uh, interview at some point. Um, but yeah, if anyone wants to come and join us at Siscalanetas in Ibiza town, yeah. just up the old Jack and Jill, or up the, the old town ramp, um, up a few more flights, um, and you will find us on the far right. And we'll I'll put the details of this meeting point, maybe we'll make a little face group event, on the Reset Rebel uh, Facebook page so that you can find it easily enough until we've gotten around to setting up our own um our own page but yeah laura reynolds renegade reynolds thank renegade you so much and the reset rebel it works right it's got a very nice ring to it i think um yeah we should uh, reconvene very very soon yes thank you so much i'm so 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 excited about this like even if it's just me and you and seska and Arthur talking about our week i'm bang on it i'm well up for it so yeah please come and join us though i think it's it's a really positive thing and i think it's super exciting well, it will just create a nice checkpoint, you know, a checkpoint in the week, the Sunday afternoon, uh, you know, normally that would have been us sort of, you know, drinking all the kava and yeah. uh, all the <laughs> all the gin and tonics um, on the seafront somewhere fabulous. So we'll just have to create a nice little yeah. coffee club. A coffee club. Yeah, let's do it. I'm in. <laughs> See you next week. Thank you so much for listening here on The Reset Rebel. Um, it's been an absolute pleasure. And if you do go um, to our website, theresetrebel.com, we've also got all that wonderful goodness. Many of it and much of it still to give away for people that do uh, really need a reset in life right now. So maybe you can recommend a friend or um, just, yeah, write to us on just the good news, please at gmail.com and just tell us a little bit about why you might uh, wish to claim one of the free prizes that we've got available on our website. We'll see you next week. Thanks for listening. Reset Rebel It's the Reset Rebel It's the Reset Rebel It's the Reset Rebel